You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We're a faith community committed to racial justice, a place where we practice a deep and authentic welcome, where we listen deeply to where love is calling us next, and a place where with humility, courage, and compassion, we act for justice in the world. To learn more, please visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. morning. I just, I will sing this a few times. As you feel led, I welcome you to join me. Feel free to join me in whatever state of, I know this well, or I have no idea at all, but I trust you and I'll hang on. I know the whole tune. I know all the words. We'll get through this together. For some of us, it will be useful to sing. For some of us, it'll be useful to be sung too. Both of those are worthy and worth their having. All we discourage is spectatorship. There is more love somewhere. There is I'm gonna keep on till I find it. There is more love somewhere. Someone can join just like this. There is more hope somewhere. There is Someone's got a foot that can join me. I'm gonna keep on till I find it. There is more hope somewhere. There is more peace somewhere. There is more peace somewhere. There is more peace somewhere. Anybody have the hand claps? Uh, I'm gonna keep on till I find it. There is more peace. Keep going. Somewhere. There is more love. There is more love somewhere. There is more love. There is more love somewhere, somewhere. And I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep on till I find it. I hear harmony. There is more. Oh. Uh-huh. 
160 years ago, when Minneapolis was itself only a year-old reality, this community of faith came to life. And communities just aren't people in the same room, you know. Communities come alive when the people decide to be together. A community is alive exactly as long as the people are still willing to be assembled in that gathering. And how well that community lives depends on what that community does with its togetherness. Like the drops of rain that fall from the cloud and make the one mighty ocean. And so do the collections of stones make the banks. We come together from our many singular rooms to conspire about love, to grow, to rejoice, to serve, to receive, to practice what it means to be human with one another, and hopefully to find some space for our hearts our spirits, our souls, to find a new source of hope, renewal, and gratitude. That's what church is whenever it happens. Don't let anybody tell you different. That's what church is whenever it happens. Don't let anybody tell you different. I started this morning walking down the street of DuPont and a church happened for me once already when I was invited into the yard of one of our neighbors. They, two kids and a mother, they were raking leaves together into a pile so very neatly. And the mother greeted me and I greeted her as warmly as she had greeted me back. And then she said, do you want to kick the leaves? She said, really, you ought to kick the leaves. If you haven't kicked leaves since you were a child, you ought to kick the leaves. And so I put down my, my bag for work and my serious work persona. And I found myself in a pile of leaves with other human bodies of water, all rejoicing like we were children. Because truly, we were. On this new day that gives us the choice of new life, that gives us the choice of what we will honor and value, welcome to a place that endeavors to mean justice to the world, that endeavors to mean something to black lives, just as black lives matter to us. To be a part of the stopping of oppression in all its forms, and to do whatever we can to help justice make its way. We believe we do this by starting right here, right now, in the relationships between our own hearts. If you're here for the first time, welcome. We're so glad you took the chance, the risk, you stumbled upon the website.
to get you to the place you are. You, with your visit, widen what we means to us. And if you're not a visitor at all, by a long stretch, welcome back. We are so glad to see you here. I know I'm not alone. You are what I mean when I say more than 160 years ago. A story began that continues now. You are that story on which we write a new chapter. Friends, let's care for each other in all the ways that we can and do and hold our compassion and joy and sadness and tears and anxiety and love all as one. That's what worship means to us and that's the journey on which we invite you right now. Friends, as we are gathered, I invite you to care for the safety of your neighbor. This is one of the ways that we practice community not only by naming the ways in which space, distance, uh, might be helpful to us, but also keeping in mind to ask others if, uh, if there is something that we can do uh, in their company to help their stay here be a pleasant and safe one. That is holy work in Unitarian Universalism a human religion, so treat your humans right. And then we'll go and do that for all life as much as we can. In this way, we light the flame again for the very first time. I invite you to settle your bodies if that feels right to you to take a moment to join together in the practice we began so many months ago and we continue today. It's the practice of three deep breaths, three intentional breaths. And so I invite you, if it feels right, to breathe in and breathe out, to breathe in and breathe out. To breathe in and breathe out. And let's say our words for the lighting of the chalice together, if you know them, and if you don't, let them wash over you. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Who's feeling playful this morning? Who's feeling playful? Thank you.
system. We're going on a bear hunt. We're gonna catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Uh-oh. Long, wavy grass. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. We've got to go through it. Swish, swash, swish, swash. Dum, 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 dum. We're going on a bear hunt. We're gonna catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Uh-oh. A river. A deep, cold river. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. We've got to go through it. Dive in. We're going on a bear hunt. We're gonna catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Uh-oh. Mud. Thick, oozy mud. Ready? Squitch, 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 squitch. Squatch! Oof! Clean it off. Good job. Dum 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 dum. We're going on a bear hunt. We're gonna catch a big one. What a beautiful day! We're not scared. Uh oh. A forest. A big, dark forest. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. We've got to go through it. Stumble, trip, stumble, trip. You okay? Don't, don't leave her behind. Okay, okay, here we are. Dum, 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 dum. We're going on a bear hunt. We're gonna catch a big one. What a beautiful day! We're not scared. Uh-oh. A snowstorm. A whirly, swirly snowstorm. Oh, look, we don't have a fan anymore. We used to have a fan, but it got unplugged. How sad! Next time we will have a fan. But you're gonna be the whoosh. Come on. Whoosh, 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 Okay. We're going on a bear hunt. We're gonna catch a big one. What a beautiful day now that it's not snowing. We're not scared. Uh-oh. A cave, a narrow, gloomy cave. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. We've got to go through it. What's that? One shiny wet nose. Two big furry ears. Two big googly eyes. It's... What is it? It's a bear! Run! Tiptoe, 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 through the cave, through the cave, come on, tiptoe, 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 tipto
Squitch! 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 Oh no! Oh no! It's the river! We can't go over it! We can't go under it! Swim! Swim! Swish! 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 Come on! Swim faster! Swim! 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 Whoosh! The grass! Swishy! Swashy! Swish! Swish! Okay! Open the door! Okay! Go downstairs! Oh, oh no! We forgot to close the door! Up the stairs! Close the door! Close the door! Okay! Now back to the stairs! Okay! Down the hallway! We're almost there! Come on! Down the hallway! Into the bedroom! Oh! Under the covers! Under the covers! Under the covers! And under the covers! All the way under! We are not going on a bear hunt again! But it also takes the spirit of prayer, something you do with your body, to pay more attention to your own breath, your own sense of connection to the things around you. You may need to be sung to. You may need to sing. Trust me, it's at least one of them. I welcome you into any bit of this melody. May it provide some healing for us all. It goes like this. Circle round for freedom. Circle round for peace. For all of us imprisoned. Circle for release. Then it goes, Circle for the planet. Circle for each soul. For the children of our children. Keep the Circle whole. Circle round. Circle for freedom. For freedom. Circle round for peace. Circle round for peace. For all of us imprisoned. For all of us imprisoned. Circle for release. Circle for circle for the planet, the whole planet. Circle for the planet. Circle for each soul. Circle for each soul. For the children of our children. For the children of our children. Keep the circle whole. Keep the Last two lines for the children, for the children of our children. Keep the circle whole. Keep the circle whole. 
Let's keep the circle whole with our breath. Each inhale and exhale, an exchange, a circling. between us and this planet, between us and each other, between us and the stars, between us and all who have ever been and all who will ever be. Our breath, one part of this circle. We are in the circle, in the cycle of life that turns for us all. The ups and downs, the joys and sorrows, the gratitudes and wonders, they are all here, all present for each of us. When we gather in community, we hold it all together the moments when we feel like it is too much, we are too tired, the demands are too great. Here we come for respite, for community to remember that we don't hold any of it alone. When we can remember to reach out, to let each other in, to share what is in our heart, even when it might feel hard to do so. Here we come to celebrate, to mark life's changes and transitions and the openings that continue to happen for each of us. We come here. We come to our communities, wherever they are, that we might hold it all together. We acknowledge the memorial services, the families who have lost loved ones, whose lives we have celebrated and mourned these last few weeks. We are grateful for the care of this church community, for all of the volunteers, all of the helpers, who know what a tender time this is and who have lent their care and support. We hold the family and friends of Christopher Arnold in our hearts this coming week as we mourn Christopher's death and celebrate his life with a memorial service on Friday at 11 a.m. We acknowledge how we hold it all, as tomorrow here in Minneapolis and in other places around the country, we will celebrate and mark Indigenous Peoples Day. We will mark this day. We will be grateful for this change even as promises remain broken and history remains untold as repair is left to be tended. We hold it all together. We hold worries about those who won't get vaccinated. Worries about so much, including the spread This is where I acknowledge my need for progressive lenses. <laughs> Our gratitude to all the people who are working towards change and equality for everyone. Worries about whether we can be good enough parents for our children, about upcoming surgeries, excitement and surprise about all the changes inside the church since the last time here before COVID, grateful to be here, worried for what the future holds, keeping positive thoughts right now. Worry about gun violence spreading, particularly in North Minneapolis. And we know there are joys and sorrows, worries and gratitudes you are holding in your heart whether you're here in the sanctuary or with us online in all the ways you can be. And we invite you to bring those joys and sorrows and worries and gratitudes to mind. And if you are with us online, to share them in the chat so that they might be held together.
joy for the music, care for my family, gratitude for beauty, for bringing in the spirit of the ancestors with our music, feelings of excitement and anxiety and support by this community through a big career decision and change. We are holding so much. Worry about elderly parents and gratitude for family and friends. We invite you to keep on sharing in the chat and with each other, or simply to name these prayers for yourself. And together, we bring together our hopes that the grip of addiction might be loosened, that the weight of oppression might be lightened, that joy might break through, that truth might be told, and that together, love might make every suffering bearable for us all. May it be so. Amen. And let us join in singing Spirit of Life, number 123 in your hymnal. It is so, so good to be with all of you in all of the ways we are together today, to be here in person with some of you, to be with you online, at home, or on your walks, or wherever you are. I am grateful for each and every one of you. And if you have listened in last to last week's service, and even if you haven't, I'll give you the small encapsulation that Reverend Arif offered us in his message last week. We're still in it. We're still in the in-between times. We haven't made it from the before times to the after times. We are still in it. Now, Arif was talking in particular about COVID and where we are in this cycle. Acknowledging that the onset and the living with COVID-19 is perhaps and is likely one of the most defining moments of our times, of our lives, and how we choose to live with it now is what is in front of us. We are in the in-between times, is what I heard him say so clearly. And I heard myself and I imagined each of you in my head a chorus from the back seat wishing it was different. Are we there yet? No. <laughs> really? Can we be there yet? Are we there yet, please? No. We are not there yet. We are not there yet. And I am bummed about this and I bet many of you are too. We are not there yet. Not with COVID. Not with construction in our building not with the climate change that is killing us, not with public safety and new decisions and ways of being that need to be made, 
not with ending racism and oppression, not with telling our true history and making repair. We are not there yet in any of these ways, and I hate to break this to us too, but we are never there yet when we are on a spiritual journey. A spiritual journey is always about being in it, always about evermore aligning how we are with what we believe to be possible and best, ever aligning our actions with our values. This is the work of a spiritual journey, and it does not end, much as I personally would really like it to sometimes. I would like to finish. I would like to check a box. I would like to be perfect. But that is not how it is not with living, not for us as individuals, as a church, or as a community. We are in the in-between times, the liminal space, the place between here and there. And I believe that as long as we are alive, we are in that in-between space. Let me call out just a few of the ways we are in that in-between space, the liminal times, as individuals, as a church, and as a community. Now for us as individuals, we are truly, if we are between birth and death, which anyone listening to this I believe is, I, we could make exceptions, but I believe we are all between birth and death and we are living, and that means we are in the in-between time that is our life. Our life is not about getting somewhere unless we are heading toward dying, we are trying to live in this in-between space with all of the anxiety and hope and worry and possibility that exists between birth and death. I think this reality of living in the liminal time as individuals has come ever more clearly as we've been in these COVID days. The reality of our mortality, the loss of so many folks, has brought the preciousness of health and life right up close for many of us. Many of you know, too, that I am also right up close with mortality these days, with my father's illness. My, I have been sharing a little less about the fact that my brother is also ill. So both my dad and my brother are living with advanced terminal cancer and are in this process of being between living and dying very clearly. And I'll tell you, this brings it very close for me this reality that we all live with is right up here. And some days, for me, it feels like way, way too much. Just as I know it feels like too much, the moments we are in for many of us these days. So I'll tell you some of what is getting me through this too muchness, this up-closeness with life and death. What's getting me through is wonder. It's paying attention, which I know I have been talking about with you over these last weeks and months. It's about paying attention, not just to the hard stuff, but to the beautiful stuff, too. It's about paying attention when I am suddenly in Baltimore, suddenly there with my father who is sick, and I can see how beautiful the sunset is there at the, at the lake I have found to walk around. It's about noticing the constant stream of caregivers who are coming in and out of the hospital as I sit there worried and wondering how much they are giving, how they continue to show up for humanity. They may question the value of some days or particular perspectives at least, how hard this is, how we keep showing up for each other. I am noticing that. I am noticing how between three and four at the hospital where my father was, it was the new baby parade. Between three and four, the, it seemed that the new parents got released with their new infants. And so as I sat outside with all of my feelings, there was new life streaming out the door. Noticing, paying attention, holding the space for all of the feelings. That's what I've been noticing is helping me in this individual time of liminal times, like I think we are all in, in one way or another. Here at church, we are also in liminal times. I've been finding myself laughing. I turned back to a sermon I gave in January of 2020, 
where I talked about us being in in-between times. We had church construction coming up, you know, we had some things that were about to happen, but we had no idea what was coming. No idea. I was preaching off of Rumi's poem, The Guest House, about how we're supposed to welcome it all in. The joys, the sorrows, the surprises, welcome them each in with honor and greet them at the door with laughter, smiling, because each thing that was happening, each arrival was a teacher for us. That sermon is hilarious to me now. <laughs> I'll also say that it was right about that time that I was reading a book that had come out by church consultant uh, Susan Beaumont. She's kind of known as an organizational thinker and leader that marries the spiritual and the practical with congregational care. And uh, her book was titled, again, 2019, Leading When You Don't Know Where You're Going. Leading when you don't know where you're going in 2019, because she was already acknowledging that congregations, communities of faith, were in a liminal time between the way things were and the way things needed to be. That we needed to shake things up, let go of some of the old ways to meet the true spiritual hunger of the times. And it's, she lists in the book the things that might cause a significant period of change or transition or liminality for a congregation. Departure of a minister, a building project, arrival of new staff, changes in worship, completion of a strategic plan. Any one of these, she says, would be cause for pause and to really allow change to have its space. I can't help but notice we are going through every single one of those things that she listed all together, all with COVID multi-platform life and worship, not being able to be together in person in the ways that we have been used to for so long. We are in this in-between time as a congregation, for sure. We are in it. And as a community, I keep watching us where we are with climate change. I keep watching where we are in this moment in the city of Minneapolis with the votes that are coming up about a new vision for public safety. I keep watching where we are as a country, where it feels like we are at a decision point about whether this aspirational democracy that we have founded a country on is still something we believe in and is still something we're willing to work toward. There are so many places as a larger community, we are in those liminal times too. There's a common pattern that happens across all of these, whether it's individual church or community. It's the experience of separation, it's this in-between time of liminality. And then if we can hold that space, there is the emergence of something new, a new way that we have been longing for that we just might create together. So you probably know this already, but there are limits to the human tolerance for liminality, right? It makes us nervous. We want to know what's going to happen next. We, in general, are not huge fans of the in-between time. And I realized this in some pretty important ways in my own life. So many of you know that I go on road trips pretty regularly with my kids. We've been doing this for the last 10, 12 years, and the road trips span anywhere from 50 miles to 3,000 miles at a go. And after doing this for some time together, I have noticed a common pattern among us. Now, we can ride for a really, really long time. Kids and I can go five, six, seven hours sometimes without stopping, whether that's healthy or not. But however long we're going, the last 15 minutes of the trip are terrible. I mean, terrible. Sometimes somebody, I don't know who, threatens to take everybody's screens and throw them in a river. Who would do that? That's so mean. <laughs> I might do that. There was one particular trip I remember where someone in our family had, we'd all held it together through Louisiana and Tennessee and we had rolled up into the parking lot of the caves we were excited to explore and someone in my family just lunged across the car and bit someone else. No provocation, nothing happening, just a bite. There were so many times when the kids were smaller, when we would go on these road trips and they were in that potty training phase, and we would go for an hour or two hours or three hours and we'd pull up right in front of the house 
and everybody would pee everywhere. There is a limit to our tolerance for liminality. There's only so long we can hold it together that we can hold it. It gets really hard. And sometimes we bite each other or pee all over the place or threaten to throw it all in the river. That might happen for someone. So here we are bumping up against our limits, I'm sure, with liminality. And I want to share, too, though, that even with the challenges of it, there are huge gifts in this space. Spiritual teachers have been clear about this for generations. This in-between time is the place where creativity, where possibility, where for some, God resides. In my theology classes uh, in seminary, my professor would sum up the idea of creative interchange, of possibility, of emergence, of God with one simple gesture. And we made fun of her for this for years. She would do this. And she would say, this is where it is. The space between. I don't know if you can see it out there. It's the space between my two fingertips, the space between where human beings meet, where ideas meet, where possibility is. It's the space between where God resides, where change is possible. This was the image she would hold for us. And she would talk about how hard it is sometimes to hold that in-between space. How the status quo, the old ways of doing, draw us back to lock into the ways it has been. And our job, especially as people of faith, as religious leaders, is to hold the space with kindness and care and attention. Because it is the space where possibility emerges. So this is where we are. We are in that in-between space. There are some things that need to be addressed with urgency, life-giving, life-saving changes that need to happen for our earth, our planet, our people. And there are so many places where the spiritual challenge is to hold the space, to resist biting each other here with all of this difficulty of this liminal time, to apologize and try again when we do, to offer ourselves the care and grace and attention, to lean into wonder, to paying attention, that we might know that we can hold the challenges of this time right alongside the gift. So today, I have no easy answers. We are not there yet but we are on the journey. We are on the journey as individuals, as a church, as a community. There is a new way being born. Our job is to hold the space with care, with kindness, embodying all the ways we hope for in our world. Let's do it together. Amen. I invite you to rise in body or spirit if you're here or at home to mark in some way our togetherness, our reverence for this sacred time and space. May we leave this time changed with hearts full from music that stays with us, from visions for a future that is more and better than today for a circle that can truly hold us all, each and every one welcome and wanted.
whole and holy and worthy. May we know this for ourselves. May we create it for each other. Amen. We are building a new way. We are building a new way. Will you sing the last part with me? We are building a new way, feeling stronger every day. We are building a new way. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Text First Univ, that's F I R S T U N I V, to 73256 to make your gift. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.